Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. I think this episode today for the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast will really be a firm reminder of what we talked about on the previous How to Start Upon Your Own not long ago with Edmund Blog. Today's guest is somebody that I've been connected to for a very long time, and I'm guessing that a lot of you listening will also be connected to him because he's a really avid voice when it comes to launching your own recruitment business. And he's somebody that I had the pleasure to sit on the other side of the desk of. I was actually his, a guest for his podcast early in 2022. So my next guest is Max Jones, and he's the director of Isotope Capital. And during this really fun interview where if you're listening to this and you're even thinking about setting up on your own, this is definitely one for you. But do you know what? Even if you're not, it's definitely worth listening because you never know, you might have a friend who's thinking of doing it. And we talk about what he believes are the key pillars for launching your own successful recruitment business, however that looks, whether it's to be one person or 100 people. What he sees is the biggest challenges and the biggest headaches for those that are setting up on their own and then how he can articulate what the fail factors are. So what he tends to see people not doing very well, what he believes are the robust elements of launching successfully and then tips around sort of mindset and ensuring that you're doing it for the right reasons. It's a really brilliant episode if you are thinking of setting up on your own. So without further ado, let's jump in. This is Leisha Holmes of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm really, really excited to introduce to our global community today somebody who had the absolute pleasure getting to know me, I think, on his podcast, actually. Somebody that might you might have uh, had an email from him at some point in the in the past because he is an absolute formidable force when it comes to supporting and getting people started up in their own recruitment business this is max jones and he is the director of isotope capital and he's joining us today to share some insights for you all welcome to you today max how are you fine thank you thank you very much for having me on yeah and no, i did have the fortunate pleasure of sitting down with yourself i've been knowing you very for a very long time through LinkedIn. So really being able to, to get you on our show, so to yeah. speak, was great. And obviously happy to return the favour, yeah. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And it was a real pleasure. And I hope that maybe in the comments when we share this on LinkedIn, uh, we can get that episode out there because it was a really enjoyable episode. And to sit on the other side of the desk is always a very rare occasion for me. But I think... I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I think it's really, you know, for me, the reason I wanted to get you on the show, and actually, as we record this towards the end of 2022, this is obviously going out in, in the new year, 2023. I know for a fact that our audience, which is global, based across the world, is split between leaders and recruiters. They There will be, even if it's one person, thinking yeah. about setting up on their own. And so who better to ask than you, Max? But people might not yet be familiar with your business. So give us an intro into what Isotope Capital actually do and what you do. 
Yeah, no, of course. So, so Isotope are a, a startup incubation company that essentially identify exceptionally capable recruiters across a variety of sectors who are looking to start up on their own and offer this launch and support platform to help them do it. It's a very kind of like practical steps in the logistics to help them do that, but also it's a partnership model as well. So it's not a transactional thing for us. It's really you're taking these guys from literally day one to then, you know, year one, year two, year three, year four and beyond in terms of helping them do really whatever it is they're looking to do in their own businesses by offering the support around then the key pillars that I know you and I are going to touch upon, whether it's the account for backup side of things, the legal compliance, the creative, the, the tools, whatever it might be to help these guys do it. So, you know, we've been fortunate to do this for a long, long time. I've been doing it since, well, I think eight years or something now. So, so it's really one of those things that once you're in it, you get so addicted to it that it's, it's such a, a really satisfying place to be in, to be honest. Oh, that's really nice. And actually, I really like that intro because, I mean, there are, as there are with Rector X, as there are with any recruiter yeah. listening, there are lots of investors and mentors and incubation companies out there. But I really like the way you sort of position that, that it's almost like you've got a pragmatic approach to who you would partner, that whatever they want to achieve in their goal. I love that. That's really important. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty fluid thing, but I suppose, you know, some of the things that we'll get into today, because... Because starting off, you know, it's such a personal thing and people do it for so many different types of reasons. You can't have a, a stagnant kind of support structure around them. So it needs to be quite fluid, which is tough at times, but also incredibly, as cliche as that sounds, rewarding at others. Yeah. I'm sure. And congratulations to you for, you know, clearly you're helping to change people's lives. And I always think that, you know, and we will definitely come on to this, that one of the key things that I found running my own business is that I feel, even though you have to work probably harder than you think you do when you run your own business. And that's definitely something I'm sure we'll touch up, touch on. You are make you are free to make choices. And I think yeah. that's, you know, I'd like that to be the, the tone that we set, that that's what we're talking about. It's about creating choice and freedom for people. So yes, I think the first thing that we're going to discuss is a good way to start because it's quite literally what are the pillars, the key pillars for somebody thinking about setting starting or starting their own business, setting up on their own. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud 
to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. Yes, I think there's there's two areas of that because obviously it's a question that we get all the time. There's, I think there's the pre-launch pillars, all joking aside, and then the pragmatic pillars to physically help you do what you're looking to do. The pre-launch stuff is the, the slightly more holistic but incredibly important thing to get clear in your own head, which basically then focus around personally, as cliche as I know it sounds, personally, are you ready to do this? Mm. And that is defined with so many different kind of kind of definitions for different types of people. You know, you, in terms of the type of individual that we're fortunate to work with and have done over the years, I'm sure you've seen 101 over the years, it, there really isn't a one size fits all in terms of personally people being ready. Um, I think the only thing that sometimes stops people personally is making sure that they have other key personal landmarks in their personal life kind of either done or on the horizon, i.e. buying houses, starting a family, marriage. Those things are the things that you want to make sure that personally you're clear on and you've got the, the, the support of those around you. And then, of course, there's the professional time, which obviously we waffle on about so much. I think that's one of those things that you could do a whole podcast just on that. But really, that's being really, and I'm sure you find it yourself in terms of things with so many recruiters over the years, being really honest with yourself in terms of maybe the last 12, 18 months of your own desk, your own billings, and being confident that that's something that you can translate into your own vehicle and kind of the realities of what that might look like as well, which I know you and I will probably touch upon. So I think that's a roundabout way of saying you've got the, the pre-launch pillars, those personal and professional pillars, but also then when you're then laying out your stool in terms of, okay, what does this business really need to, to do? You're looking at the key pillars. So that's the accounts and back of the side of that business, of course, whatever that might look like, the legal and compliance areas of that business, the creative and marketing side of things being probably pillar three. And then it's obviously, you know, it sounds the recruitment tools, the CRMs, the tech that our guys feel they're going to need as well. So in terms of the four pillars around those setups, that tends to be where we see most of our guys want to put their focus, especially in the early days. Yeah, definitely. Now, and, and you know what? I love that you've, again, you started out with personal. I think in my experience, when I've seen people successfully launch on their own, they have, they've not always, it's not been one size fits all. I've, had, I've seen single parents do it, you know, against yeah. the odds. Yeah. I've seen people do it where they've literally, they're the main breadwinner and they've got so much to lose, but they've just gone for it anyway. But they've had the, and I'm going to say something here. I think they've had the right mindset. I think yeah. they've been mentally, this is the only thing that they can do and i'm sure you do this as well as a pre-qualifying thing and and you know if you're listening to this now and you're and there's there's always going to be trepidation there's always going to be fear there's always going to be an external narrative of people saying don't do it don't do it but if you are so adamant and determined that this is something you want to and should be doing then it's definitely the right time for you to do it and i think and i'm pleased that you mentioned that about the the desk element because how how you speak to yourself and how you need to honestly look at what you've built definitely over the last two years and actually maybe even pre-COVID how much of that is legacy relationships that you have been fortunate to work upon inherited how much of that have you won because if it's the latter you're good to go but if it's the previous one you are going to struggle you are I think that's 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 pre-qualifying questions that you need to ask yourself isn't it yeah and I think that's something funny enough that was a a, a, a kind of a, a topic that one of our clients articulated to me years ago now in terms of what really made them feel like it was the right time professionally, where they essentially look at that desk and saying, honestly, if I were to lift that up over the next over the last two, three years and just so happen to be in ABC recruitment, do I feel like I'd still be in near about the same position as I am now? 
And I think if you can hand on heart say that, brilliant. If you can't, it's more about just thinking about what steps do I need to take to get there. But I think, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of the, um, the personal side of things. It's one of those things, that you, again, you have to, it has to be as cliche as I know it sounds, an, an all-consuming thing. Um, and one of those things that if you're, if you're toying between an employed role and potentially starting on your own, I would always encourage anyone to, to go down that employed route until it becomes a, a niggling thing that you just can't yeah. shape. And until it becomes where you feel like, and I'm, I don't mean unemployable quite literally, but, and I'm going to speak about my own experience. You know, my, my business key recruitment was set up, you know, after a maternity break, but I was, mm -hmm. if I hadn't had Isabel and I hadn't gone on a maternity break. I was absolutely in that last year of my employed role. I know I was ready to set up on my own because I was having my decisions challenged and yeah. I knew I knew that answering that question of your that's a really astute question I knew that if I picked up my desk and yeah. put it somewhere else I knew it was all me I was doing yeah. all the development it was all candidates generated through my referrals it was fantastic being part of a business you know from a social point of view but I also knew that ultimately maybe you you, want, you might take a bit of a hit in terms of you know consistent billings to start off with and I think that's yeah. a really important thing that we should talk about is the capital element of I always say to people that if you you know if you're thinking of doing it you need to be sure that for the first three to six months you are not like beating the wolf from the door um because yeah what yeah to do yeah. Is, is is do it with with no fear really because you're in charge of your own destiny. So I think I love the fact that we're, we're kind of saying similar things to the market. And I think as we sh share this episode in 2023, you know, we are still in a recession or, you know, we don't know how long that's going to last. These are all external factors that could continue for years. That's the truth. And so I, I don't know what your sort of steer on this is, but I think actually when the economy is in the way it is, probably never a better time to set up on your own it's like take the opportunity what do you think yeah yeah and I, and I think also that's that's then still answering that same question in terms of looking back over the last 12 18 months of your own professional desk thinking okay well that's a clear indication as to whether you can then go out and do this on your own there's gonna I think again a, a real cliche but it is true there's never going to be a, a perfect time to kind of do something for yourself anyway so you can and people do you could spend hours if not days talking yourself into the idea and talking yourself out of it so it's really right. one of those things that every single conversation you have about the idea whether it's with friends family external third parties whoever it might be do you come off that call basically spot check yourself the moment you come off that call as to what you genuinely fit and I think it's one of something that you mentioned as well in terms of the, the the professional side of things picking up that desk and putting it over there one of the things obviously you need to start thinking about as well as the restricted covenants that you will be under as well and the yeah. contractual obligations there and I think it's painting this this very bleak which I'm, I'm always kind of I always come across hugely cynical with these things but you know if you can paint a completely bleak picture of if I were to quite rightfully respect the restrictions that I've got and not be able to negotiate anything from my previous employer based on the goodwill that I might have built up over the last five ten years there do I still feel confident in those first six nine months are going to look how they might look to me because that then as you were saying bleeds into then the personal side of things in terms of yeah four to six months worth of, of salary for want of a better phrase tends to tend to stop people putting themselves under any further pressure in what is already an incredibly pressurizing thing anyway 
Definitely, yeah. No, I totally agree. And you, um, you know that that then cascades into a whole messy situation where you you're just taking any business when that's not how you'd want to strategically build out any desk. Never mind your own desk. I'm really pleased you brought up restrictive covenants because that's obviously something yeah. that everyone will be expecting us to talk about. So, I mean, I think that you know from a um, a case study point of view, I think that it always tends to, if it, if it's a robust covenant in an in an employment contract, you have yeah. to honour it. You can't sort of secretly get somebody else you know ringing those clients for you have to and my advice is always do the right thing because actually if you are thinking of setting up on your own you will naturally be a business developer and therefore there will be ways that you can win business for the first six months and then on six months in a day or if it's 12 months usually it's six months then that's fair yeah. game you know um but there are always different situations like you say we, i've had plenty of people that have done it and they've they've come to a very very you know mutually friendly you know just yeah. you business in so just go for it you know or you know maybe even refer business back to that company you know well nine times out of ten it tends to be quite an amicable thing so you know yeah. that's that's a really positive kind of situation for most of our guys because you go into that final meeting saying okay i'm making it up but let's say you have 10 clients and you know that three or four of them aren't going to work with you guys unless i'm here let's let's make it amicable let's make it good for the end clients and good for you guys and that's where you have those split fees of the first six months which we see quite a lot you then see the the slightly less glamorous end of it where that conversation doesn't go very well they march out the door and essentially that's even a bigger indicator to respect those restrictions because they're going to be on you and they're going to want to they're going to want to see you mess up so that they can ping you for it so don't give them the opportunity to do it yeah no I totally agree so I mean look it sounds like you know if, if people are going to approach you as a potential incubator and investor then you you sound very realistic and I do use the word pragmatic and I love that word because that's very much how I how I operate but let's be let's you know don't say bleak picture but generally speaking what do, what do recruiters come to you and say their biggest headache is when they've set up we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now, including video interviewing and outreach, all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere, because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat so so usually we'll, we'll speak to these guys prior to setting up themselves so in terms of the headaches that are maybe stopping them from doing it it's ultimately as as cliche as this analogy is if you were looking at a football team and being you're the you're the best striker in that football team naturally you want to be scoring the goals and focusing on what you do best and you don't want to be at right back clearing a, another corner doing what you're doing because it takes you away from scoring so that's that's the the headache that most of our guys kind of find in terms of there's a, a sheer volume of things that you have to do in launching and then supporting your own things something that you all know firsthand yourself and it's about being able to try and streamline that to allow yourself to focus as much time as humanly possible on the billing side of that business because and it's something that you and i'm sure will kind of delve into there's there, there's a heck of a lot that you can focus on 
when you start and run your own thing away from the billing side of that business. And some of it is glamorous and some of it is great to get involved in. Some of it is pure hard work and not glamorous at all, but you need to do it. But ultimately the driving force behind any business, especially in those first 12, 18 months is, are, are you billing? Are you billing as much as you can to drive that business to a position where you can then start working a little bit more strategically as to what you might want to go, where you might want to take that business, sorry. So in terms of the headaches, I think the biggest one is the sheer, without catastrophizing it because I don't want to, you know, the sheer overwhelm of there are so many moving parts. You want to focus on what you do best. And it's just then trying to find the right people, the right companies, the, the right infrastructure to support you in doing it because it's a big old commitment, you know, basically siphoning off any aspect of your business if you don't trust the people that are going to be supporting you in that. Yeah, having trusted partners is a really critical part of it. I totally agree. So so why, so in your experience, uh, and I don't know whether you do see people that try to do it themselves, but why why do startups tend to fail? A whole host of reasons, I'm sure you can imagine. Um, I think over the years, the, the, there tend to be two reasons why these, these businesses tend to fail. The first one is that, and, and I know, again, it sounds an overly used word in this podcast already, but a cliche kind of thing, but it's because ultimately they didn't want to do it for the right reasons at the very beginning. And therefore, the moment it gets a little bit hairy and a little bit tricky, understandably, and that might be month two, that might be month 22, they think, um, this, isn't, this isn't quite for me. This isn't giving me what I hoped it was giving me. And therefore, they close it down. So it's not necessarily that it wasn't succeeding it just wasn't giving the vehicle wasn't giving them what they want but I think that that always then goes back to being really honest with yourself personally and professionally in the early days as to why you're actually doing it yeah are you doing it for the right types of reasons or are you doing it just because you're a bit niggled at your boss because they're changing commission structure one more time yeah yeah um but but the second reason is is kind of the one that you and I touched upon as well which is actually they, they focus too intently on other things within that business as opposed to just the billing side of that business. Um, not to say they're not important because of course they are and not to say that they, they, that foundation isn't going to allow you then to springboard off and do what you're looking to do in that business. But ultimately it's, it's chunking the stages of the business into clear steps and thinking, okay, where does my focus really need to be? Yeah. Not where do I want it to be, but no. where do I need it to be in those first I mean, I would I would say your first six to twelve months, seventy five to eighty percent of your time should be spent on business development and billing, and then the other twenty five percent should be made up of all the other elements that you can't then delegate out to, whether it's yourself or or another third party, such as your marketing, such as your whether it's your um, corporate structure, whatever it might look like. Mm. So basically, a main part of your week, so four days out of five, you will be spent running your desk until you yeah and something that you and i spoke off air about and obviously is a very prevalent theme as well is, is the isolation piece as well i think for, uh, sometimes it's it, again it, i I'm, I'm always guilty of pacing a bleak picture of these things but it's there are times it's not fun yeah. at all um you know and it's one of those things that you know you need to you need to make sure that financially this this vehicle is working for you but other things it needs to be giving you other things as well because otherwise sometimes that just the financials isn't worth it yeah so I think the isolation piece is an important one but I think as as a as an industry mm. we've got a heck of a lot better over the last couple of years even pre-covid as well in terms of those collaborative spaces that means that there are always people going through the same kind of hurdles and challenges and even if it's a half an hour conversation just to to validate the, the rubbish that you're going through at the moment isn't just you you know it's a useful thing to do and, and often 
undervalued as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. And I think that was, again, that's one thing that, that was brilliantly the theme of 2020 was the collaboration, whether it's speaking to competitors, whether it's working in a shared space and just talking yep. to someone that's also self-employed, but maybe isn't in recruitment, just talking about shared experiences, because actually that is what connects human beings. And then you don't feel so isolated all of a sudden. You only need one or two people. So I th- I'm really pleased we focused on that. So when you're potentially sort of either seeking out or you've been approached by somebody who, who is thinking of launching, are there key behaviours that you look for or key sort of factors that you look for to say they're, they're somebody that we want to work with? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Yeah, so so we tend to to base our kind of decisions around three metrics and it's always been the same thing. So the first one is, as obvious as I know it sounds, do we genuinely understand why this individual is looking to do what they're looking to do? And and not only do we do we do we know what it is, but do we get it? Can we can we empathize with it? Do we do we feel that in our client base right now, they're very similar to other motivations that other people have because therefore they're an entity that we understand and therefore we're the right vehicle for them. You know, are they doing it basically for the right reasons? Are they not just a bit niggled you know Friday evening and they just want to do anything else apart from what it might be? The second one is, is slightly more pragmatic, i.e. do we understand their market? Have we supported guys in their market before? Do we understand essentially the infrastructure, the tools, yes. the hurdles, the challenges that they're going to go through? And there have been on occasion, less so now because it's slightly more established than when you start up. Um, you know, from our side of things, we're very fortunate to, to mm. basically be pretty confident that we can facilitate anything now. And then the third one, you know, is, is probably something that you, you find and you apply to your clients and especially your candidates as well. Are you going to get on with these guys? Um, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that you do end up, you do end up talking to them every day, if not every couple of days about something. So when they yes. ring, not only do you want them to want to ring you because they trust you in, in terms of what you're doing, but also you want to be able to want to pick up that phone call as well. So those are the those are the three and they've always been consistent i love that they're they're really sort of uh, for me that's how anybody should hire so if if you're listening to this podcast out of just out of curiosity but you you've got no intention of ever leaving your job or or you've got no intention of ever sort of setting up on your own and you're a leader in a business those are three amazing metrics to measure most things by and i think likability doesn't get talked about enough 
I think it's so important yeah. things in common people and to genuinely enjoy speaking to them. And if you end up doing more for them as well, you know, you know, I mean, you know, I, I hate to kind of say it, but it is, but it is true. And that, and that's why, again, as a, as a vetting process, you know, whether you're hiring into your business or whether you're obviously partnering with people, which we don't we don't hire these guys these guys are their own agencies they don't work for us whatsoever but you know you want to feel that affinity towards them to want to do it and vice versa because i'm sure you felt it and and i'm sure it'd be interesting to see you know in terms of the in terms of the third party um parties around your business at the moment have they always been the same Mm. um all, all very different i mean it, it, it's a transient thing but yeah we've i've got clients that i've worked with for 20 years i've done retro yeah. 20 years yeah. they've known me 20 years i don't even have to tell talk to them about a candidate i can just go i've got someone to go yeah book them in i'm like no i need to talk to you about them and then i've got you know like i'm sure you have you have continual conversations recommendations yeah. let's see what we do through personal branding and marketing you know that we, we've been watching you for a while will you partner our business or will you support me in a new role so it's continual and i think you yeah. know that's a really important lesson that you know don't ever just rest on your laurels as a recruiter you've always got to sort of continue to have more dialogue but i think you then learn to understand you can then spot and i'm sure you can i can spot a future partner a mile off because yeah. it yeah. comes down to yeah. the why and i'm not saying we have the same why because everybody's why is very personal and very different but we all have a firm shared value system i think i think communication style is really important i'm as blunt as they come um you know I'm, I, I try and soften it sometimes gently but i think People know where they stand with me. I've always said I'm a bit marmite, but it's because sometimes I have to say things that maybe people don't like to hear. Um, yeah. Like, don't tell somebody on an interview that where you're interviewing for a new job that you're hungover. Not a great first impression. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, you don't need no. to tell them that it's <laughs> they can't smell your beer breath. Don't worry. Um, but I'll tell them that. And and I think it's important to sort. Yeah, I think you tend to attract people that have the shared vibe. I do. You do yeah. then, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 that's where again, you know, that's that's something that that candidate or that client, the same with the, the recruiters that we're fortunate to speak to, they, they should feel that affinity as well. It's not certainly not a one-way thing. No. That's why, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long, drawn-out process. You know, the, the types of conversations that you have about starting something for yourself, you know, they, they take months, if not years, before oh, it feels definitely. like the right time. So it's amazing how much you talk about in and around just the practical tools, because without being glib about it, the practical tools are the practical tools. Mm. They're there or they're not there. Yeah. You know, it's everything else that goes around that that's really going to hopefully add the value that you see in these types of things. Yeah, and and you know, an authenticity is a very important thing, and I think you know you you clearly value that as well. But although we've not talked about it specifically, I think that's really very obvious with the things that you said that it's about that originality and and just ensuring that people know what they're getting from it. Well, it's been so insightful. Before we finish, do you have any advice for anyone who's come coming off this podcast now going? this is it I really need to go for it what would your sort of final bit of advice be take a breath sleep on it and then and then do your research and give somebody a coach I think it's you know <laughs> it's one of those that. things yeah I, I think that. yeah it's one of those things that you let the ball come to you if it, if it starts to come overwhelmingly the right thing to do and also it you know day-to-day -day things become magnified don't they as well little gripes that weren't little gripes become huge gripes and it starts to become absolutely okay I need to do this now and I need to do it the right way and how best can I do it so, so yeah give someone a call that advice because reflection is so important always do always make a big life decision after a good night's sleep that's what I always say you have been so delightful I knew you would be Max we could have talked all day but it's been really wonderful getting to know you and obviously we'll make sure contact information is on this podcast and thank you Sounds so good. much for joining no, us well thank you very much no thank you thank you, thank you.